RadioInfluence.com. All right, welcome to another edition of The Rock Stops Here. Man, I am jacked for this one. We got an A-lister on this one. He is worldwide known. He is once beaten as a professional boxer. He was the unified welterweight champion. As he tells me, soon to be, he will be champion once again. Keith, one-time Thurman. And I was just jacked to be able to sit down with him in the legendary, I mean, it is old school boxing gym, St. Pete Boxing Club. I got a lot of stories. I got there early. I want to give thanks to his Hall of Fame trainer, Dan Birmingham, who hooked me up and and set this up. You know, he's got a ton to worry about and he's training not only Keith, he's training all these, you know, up and coming fighters that want to be world class. They'll try to get a hold of Dan Birmingham. I know instead of going through publicists and all that jazz, I reached out to Dan. Dan and I have a relationship. He must respect me. I sure as heck respect him. And Dan said, Keith, we'll do it this. You want to do it Friday, Saturday, you know, 1031, boom, 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 and boom. So it's going to be good. He's back. What what happened to him with COVID? Uh, the year and a half layoff since that Manny Pacquiao lost, the only loss in his professional career. And, you know, I listened to some recent podcasts. He, he's a great talker. There's no doubt about that. But I wanted to do something a little bit different. You know, I, well, who are you going to fight next? Is it going to be Earl Spence? Is it going to be Crawford? Are you going to get a contender? Will you give a rematch to Danny Garcia? Will you go to 154? Will you stay at 148? You know, that's the main thing when Keith, these, guys, these podcasts get him on. I'm like, I want to know what makes him tick. Why is he so boisterous, loud, opinionated? Yet when you sit down with him, He's very, he's almost mellow. Interesting cat. Great fighter. And let's see how he bounces back, right? Hey, without further ado, here he is. Keith, one time, Thurman. The man, the man, the man, the man, the man. Through COVID, through the layoff and everything. And here we are, here we are. Keith One Time Thurman in the legendary St. Pete Boxing Club. You look good. How you feeling one time? Oh, man, I'm feeling great. Just, you know, waking up, getting the day started this morning. Looking forward to uh, shaking loose. And really, you know, COVID's been a slow process for everybody. Um, you know, we can all say 2020 uh, wasn't our favorite year, but we're in 2021. We're transitioning. Um, we're, we're shaking off some of that COVID dust. You know, here in Florida, we're living it up, man. We had the Super Bowl, WWE's in town. Champa the Bay. Lightning Tampa, win the Stanley Cup, the raising the World Series. I mean, we're, we're the sports capital of the usa if you ask me you know we're in it uh, all we tampa bay needs now is maybe a, a basketball team but uh we got all the action we got the great weather coming in and i'm just looking forward to getting back into action hopefully this summer um, and i'm getting prepared right now yeah how are you feeling mentally and physically right now one time uh i feel great uh, mentally it's just been you know an unfortunate event of once again waiting longer than we want to, right? Sitting sitting on the sidelines, waiting to get back into action. 
post Pacquiao fight, I did have hand surgery, but I tell people it doesn't take this long to recover from hand surgery. You know, COVID was a big catalyst in the long, long layoff. I was expecting post-surgery about a 10 month layoff, you know, going back into a training camp. I didn't think about that because of COVID. I see. Once when I was fully recovered right before last summer, COVID was in already mid head effect, you know, big effect on the whole nation and um, boxing slowly try to get back um, late summer, uh, but without fans and a whole bunch of different stipulations. And um, I just waited it out. And um, luckily, things are moving. Um, New York announced that they're opening up some arenas. I think they're going to have some performances. Uh, shout out to Barclays. Performed there many times. Love the arena. I know you do. My brother lives in Brooklyn, Williamsburg, and I said, if one time fights next time, I'm going to it. He goes, come to Brooklyn. You've had success very well. You like you like the Barclays. Oh, I love the Barclays. And just New York and, and the history of boxing, you can feel. There's only a few places where I feel the history of boxing. And I don't think there's another greater city than New York City when it comes to the history of boxing. Vegas is Vegas. And we know it's, it's a big entertainment capital there. And boxing has been a foundation. And you feel the history in Vegas. But the people in New York are just one of a kind. I don't know what's in their water, but they're one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is are you two different people when you maybe go on Instagram, you're at a press conference, you call out, you're boisterous, you're loud, you're opinionated, and then I see you and you're just, look at you're such low key, you're a nice guy. Is it a, a part of your personality? You know what I mean? I'm trying to figure out who who real it's Keith is. It's the fight game. I don't know who Keith Thurman is. You know, I, I've worked my whole life to not be put into a box. So if you look at me and, and you see a chameleon and you don't know where I fit in, then that means I've done my job. I've, you know, growing up here, black and white mixed kid, right? So it's always hard to find your place where who are do I hang out with these kids? Do I hang out with those kids? Um, am I being judged when I do hang out with white friends? If I do hang out with black friends and it's and it's just a process growing up. Right. Obviously, I'm 32 years old. We're well past that. And so many people in life, they have a life story where where their, their childhood and their interactions really um, affect them. Right. Right. So for me, I didn't know how to fit in and i was eventually it said stop trying and why don't you just do everything to make yourself as different as you possibly can be there was a time um where people remember that i had a pit bull and a chihuahua right <laughs> there was a time i had a toyota prius and a shelby gt 350 you know and uh it's it's different i'm very relaxed I'm very humble when you when you when you see me, right? If all you know is Keith Thurman on TV, if all you know is Keith Thurman from fight interviews, you're going to see a very aggressive Keith Thurman, you know, because it's the fight game. And when you sign up to fight me, I got something to say about that. You know, um, I'm, I am very opinionated who in sports is not opinionated. You know what I'm saying? I get on Max Kellerman all the time because I think he's highly opinionated. Right. But he's still good at his job. And and that's what we do here in America. We voice our opinions, you know. 
every fighter throughout the history has been um, very flamboyant and all these different attributes. So we want to talk the talk and we want to walk the walk. You know, sometimes we do. Sometimes we talk and fall right down on our face. But pre-fight, it's about the energy. It's about the intention. And that's what I bring to the press conference. My intention of what I'm about to do to this opponent. You know, I respect everybody I've ever stepped into the ring with. Um, but at the end of the day, when you sign up to fight Keith Thurman, to me, you signed you signed up, you know, saying that you can beat me. And I think that's a mistake. You know, I've, I've just had one loss against Manny Pacquiao, the legend. You know, it was a split decision. It was very close. Final judge, one point. And we all know that one point came from the difference from the first round knockdown. You know, so I believe that no matter what was said, that I have the skills to back up every statement that I've ever stated. It's just a matter of going into that ring and pulling the trigger. And I think on that day, I left a few shots unthrown that ended up being my downfall. You know what I do like about what you would have, you were undefeated. You're, you know, unified, you're, you're, you're undefeated. And you've always said, hey, if you can beat me, beat me. If, if you, you beat me, beat me. And I was going to ask you, what did you learn? And I bet you also it's hard because it's like a starting pitcher. A starting pitcher gets knocked out in the second inning. He's got to wait for his rotation five, six days. He can't get back. You've also had to wait after your first ever professional loss. What have you learned from this? Well, some things that I learned... I already knew, right? So sometimes you, in learning process, you say, I know because you were told so, right? Right. Then sometimes you say, I know because you lived through that experience, right? So certain things I, I knew, but after living through the experience, now I I know through experience and not know because I was told so or know because I was given information and it sounded rational, logical, and you can nod your head to it, right? So the knowing and the insight that I got was, you know, we knew Manny Pacquiao was a spurt fighter, right? He doesn't box throughout, you know, utilizing his jab and constant movement, this and that. We knew he was a spurt fighter, but being in the ring with him, we knew he was fast, but boy, was he fast, you know, that that speed, that in and out movement. He's so little of a person when he ducked, he was below my hip. I said, I don't got a punch for that. Get back up. You know, he would he would jump in in those awkward angles, right. bend, his, bend his head down, throw that looping for for us. It's overhand rights for him. It's an overhand left. And the, the sharp angles and the the way he would exaggerate, it was very it would put him in awkward positions, awkward positions for an opponent to come back with counters. So um, I just think that as a veteran, he fought a very smart fight. He kept his hands up very well throughout the fight because that's one thing I'm looking for. You know, my name's Keith one time Thurman for a reason, not a short season. So I'm looking for them to get lazy for them to create openings out of bad habits. He did not step in with any bad habits. He stepped in with the intention to protect himself at all times. And he did a, did a fabulous job. I did have a little bit 
of an injury going into that fight. And for the first time in my career, because I've fought with injuries before, I, I beat Danny Garcia. We had bone spurs in the right elbow and we got surgery right after that fight. Um, so I don't use it as an excuse. But for the first time in my career, I do remember being in the left hook position and then not letting it go. There was hesitation on my on my end. When Pacquiao jumped in, there was no hesitation. So one thing I learned is when it's time to attack, you just attack. You don't hold back. You don't. That's the one thing he he uses his speed. He uses his power. He jumps in. It's it's not do I go. It's get foot on the pedal. Slam it all the way down. Take it off all the way down. Take it off. And and that helps his style because he already fights in spurts. But he's fighting in spurts at 100 percent, jumping in at 100 percent. And that was something that I took away from the fight is that when it's time to jump in, you might as well jump in just like Pacquiao and give it that 100 percent, you know, because if you're going to get countered, you're going to get countered. Right. doesn't matter. You jump in 70 percent. You're going to get countered. You jump in 100 percent. If you're going to get countered, you're getting countered. So you might as well not play with it. And when it's time to take that initial step, commit 100%. He did that um, several times throughout the fight. I think in the later rounds, I was able to get him to slow down, but he's well experienced and, and he worked his way through. There was a moment where I think I needed to put my foot all the way down on the gas and something about me on that night, I was just a little too timid. And I think it reminded me of the Porter fight because that was another close fight, title defense. And in the Porter fight, after the eighth round, I said to myself, I don't care who you are. It's four to four. This is a draw. There's only four rounds left. This is not a 12 round fight, Keith. This is a four round fight. You're not losing tonight. Best Sean can do is get to a draw with you. But nobody came here to witness a draw. You have to do what it takes to get this W. And in the Pacquiao fight, I found myself in a similar situation. But for a second, I accepted the draw. If it's a draw, I don't mind because I'm, I'll still be an undefeated champion. And that thought, accepting a draw was the moment I accepted my loss. Okay, so you have never, to my knowledge, just looking from afar, you've never ducked anybody. And it's also, like you said, it's a business. You know, there's a lot of factors that go in, the belt, the money, the next opponent. But it seems like the Crawfords and the uh, Earl Spence don't want to fight you. Now, I don't know what is the fight game. Oh, oh, I'll never, I'll, I'll go up or down and I won't fight him. Why is it because it's business and they don't want a chance getting beat by Keith one time Thurman? It's an interesting situation, right? We understand business and things happen strategically, right? And because I'm on the inside, I'm never against people making the right moves at the right time for their fighter, right? Now, I remember when Errol Spence first called me out and he was on the up and up. And I, the way I remember it, he actually said the wrong person's name on that day, then changed it to my name. And it just didn't even feel like very organic. It felt like someone told him to say that line after he won this fight, right? Just call out Keith Thurman after this fight, right? And 
I knew Errol Spence was an Olympian. We know that Olympians make um, great champions, and we, we've seen the history. I felt at the time he still had something to prove. And also, if this Olympian is going to be as great as all the Olympians before him, like a Sugar Ray Leonard, like an Oscar De La Hoya, like a Muhammad Ali, you know, the, the history of these Olympians becoming great champions, not just champions, but great champions. If he has that ability and his nickname is truth, right? So if he's the truth, I don't have to, I don't have to see you today. If you're the truth, you'll be here tomorrow and I'll see you tomorrow when our fight's actually worth more money and the fans understand you are the truth and I am Keith one time Thurman. And when we fight, it's going to be the greatest match of our generation in this welterweight division. It was my intention to beat Manny Pacquiao, stay undefeated welterweight champion. I knew Errol had his eyes set um, with Porter when he got the WBC, um, the title that I vacated because of um, certain injuries. But with all that, my whole intention was very soon after the Pacquiao fight, the next biggest fight for Keith Thurman is Errol Spence Jr. And I wonder if now that Thurman doesn't have a belt, if people aren't that interested because they know that I'm one of the most devastating welterweights in the welterweight division. I always have been. I always will be. I, I'm ready for the world. I think it's Thurman versus everybody. I love these matchups. Crawford versus so-and-so, Spence versus Crawford, this and that. But I still think Thurman versus everybody ends up being more exciting. The way that I fight, what I do in the ring, the the way that I'm willing to test myself, test others. And then if you hurt me, but you don't get me out of there, everyone's seen what happens. They see they seen it in Tampa when I took a body shot from Luis Colazzo. People say, oh, look how Thurman got hurt. Did Thurman ever go down? How many, how many, what happened to Oscar De La Hoya after B-Hop hit him to the body? He was in a fetal position in the middle of the ring, okay? It's, being a champion is not just about winning all the time. Champions also have to be able to take a hit like a champion, you know? And I believe that that's what I bring into the ring. Knock down in the first round of Manny Pacquiao. What does Thurman do? Get up with a smile. Go watch it. I get up with a smile. Why? Because he caught me in a fundamental mistake. He caught me doing something I tell these amateurs to not do, right? He caught me moving straight backwards, right? And he threw the right punch at the right time. And that's why I humbly, at the end of the fight, I said, you know, Manny Pacquiao is great. And this fight's not just a blessing, but it's a lesson, right? Because you, like we were talking earlier, you learn more from losses than you do victories because a loss is going to force you to reflect what could I have done right the the masters is happening right now imagine that I know it's been it's been rough out there from the boys but imagine somebody makes a big comeback and on the last hole all they have to do is make one more putt and they miss by one point that championship. That's what it felt like against Manny Pacquiao. A one-point split decision. It's when you lose by one point in sports, LeBron James, game seven, they lose by one shot. Whenever you get to that final and you lose by one point, you go back and you reflect. Why do you think LeBron, he might have lost game seven. What happened next season? He came back and won, right? So now... Another thing that I'm looking forward to proving in this moment is that real you can take a belt away from a champion. 
but real champions get the belts right back. Now you said in the last uh, the the podcast I was seeing your podcast you're 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 coming back to dominate the division. What is your your goal that you really believe? What do you want to do? Do you want to be the best welterweight ever? Do you want to be the best pound for pound? Do you want what what is your down the road? Okay, before it's all said and done, what do you believe you are going to do? My whole intention is to prove that I'm one of the best in this generation right here, right now. You know, I took one step back. It's going to propel me multiple steps forward. I want people to understand that when they watch Keith Thurman, that they're watching a fighter that's going to put his heart on the line each and every time. And that my skill set is phenomenal. The a buddy of mine told me a story about a wrestler who was undefeated throughout college and lost his final match and went on to be an Olympian in, in different things in wrestling. But sometimes getting that getting that loss, somebody who's very talented, very hard to beat. But when you finally see that you can be beaten, why? Because you didn't show up at your best. You know, it wasn't your real best. If I show up at my best, I do believe that I can dominate the welterweight division. And I just want to have an opportunity um, to do that and showcase my skills and my talents a few more times before it's all said and done. I think there's a few more great fights at 147 that can be had with Crawford and Spence uh, because everybody else I've already fought. You know, and I don't mind doing a great rematch against Danny um, Garcia or Sean Porter and fights of that nature. But there is still two undefeated welterweights in the welterweight division. And I would like them to see me. All right, here's my last one. What do you want to say to your fans that have stuck by you? I bet you that maybe there were some after your loss. You know how it goes sometimes when you're not on top. What do you want to say to those fans that have stuck by you? And maybe the ones that jumped off. Well, I had fans jump off uh, quick after just the, the injuries that I've been through, you know, and I felt like the they felt disappointed that I wasn't giving them the action, that I wasn't in the ring um, defending the, the titles. It didn't feel good to unify two world titles and not get a title defense. I had to vacate a title. I never got to defend those titles. Some people understand um, the pain and and the struggle and the up and down. So for all the fans that stuck by everything to this day who who you know, support me past no matter what I'm doing. I got to, oh, I'm not afraid to let it go. If you can beat me, beat me. There's people who understand that, you know, I'm not here to, to never be beaten, but if you can beat me, you're going to beat me to my face and I'm going to respect that, you know? So those, if it's a win, a lose or a draw, I still believe Keith Thurman fight is just one of the greatest fights to watch in the welterweight division. So the fans that that believe what I just said and understand that when I fight, it's worth tuning into. When I fight, it's it's worth the pay-per-view if it's on pay-per-view, you know. Um, and I've had people throughout this Tampa Bay area like yourself, you know, um, who, who had the luxury of seeing me when I started at the a la carte pavilion here in Tampa Bay. I remember Bay. you and Ben Getty. Oh, with, yes, with yes, ben Getty you started. And, and the old... Um, 
St. Pete times, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Before yeah. Tampa Bay times. Yeah. And just everybody who's always rode with me and been on the Thurman train, just thank you for all your love and support. And we're not done. You know, I believe that there's some great shows to be had in the future. Um, I'm older. I'm wiser. I'm still going to come in with some of that killer mindset. But from here on out, um, it's going to be a lot more strategical. Um, I believe that I've had a lot of great performances when I've made great game plans. And I plan on relying on that foundation. You know, some 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 coaches are playmakers, you know, and I think that I do a great job at making um, a playbook in camp in preparation and i'm just not going to hold back i'm going to do everything to my knowledge to put myself back to the number one welterweight in this welterweight division i can't thank you enough for taking the time it's an honor man and uh all the best keith thank you rock all right, thank you very much. And again, thanks to Dan Birmingham, his legendary trainer, his Hall of Fame trainer, for helping me get that interview sitting down with Keith Thurman. Very, very interesting, isn't it? On what he learned to never now, if you're going to pull the plug, if you're going to step on the pedal, do it. Even though he had that injury and he was set with that left hook position and he, he didn't do it. He will never not, he'll never do that again. Um, let's see. Let's see. So, and you know what? He couldn't have been nicer. Now, let me set the scenario. The St. Pete Boxing Gym, if you look at it on the outside, it is nothing to look at. Most good, old school boxing gyms, it's it's made for a reason to be a place that doesn't have the bells and the whistles and, you know, but the history inside that place. Winky Wright, Hall of Famer, trained under Dan Birmingham and stayed with him the whole time. Same thing with Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman went to Dan Birmingham uh, when Ben Getty, who was almost like a, a mentor, took the young Keith Thurman under his wing. And I remember, I didn't think, so here's the thing, Keith Thurman is big time, you know? He, he's, he's worldwide, he's known, you know? One of the best in the welterweight division, was a unified champion, still not that old, 32 years old. And I interviewed him at the TV station uh, that I was at when he was a kid. He came in with Ben Getty, skinny kid, and I didn't think he would even remember. You know, and I, he probably did it because Dan likes me and said, hey, do it for Rock. This guy's been local all the time and the blah, 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 blah. And when I got there, and I got there early, I like to get early just to make sure and I was there, and I was in my car, and then I'd stand outside, and blah, 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 and then here comes Keith. Pulls in, waves to me, gets out. What's up, Rock? I said, hey, Keith, how you doing? You're looking good, looking strong. He's he's walking around weight. He's going to have to take some pounds off to get down to that, you know, if he's going to fight as a welterweight, which he is, and he will. And it's not fat, don't get me wrong. I mean, he is, he, he, he looks powerful, very, very powerful. Um, and I got a little story that I'll hit you up on. We were talking. He got in the ring and started uh, showing me some moves after we were done. But came over. How's it going? I said, how you feeling? Good. And you know what? I have two. They're mic stands. And they can adjust if you're standing up or if you're sitting down. Not little desk mic stands. Two mic stands. We used to call them sticks in TV. He grabs one. 
without me saying anything. And, and it's like the little things. I remember I was doing an interview with Tony Dungy years and years ago after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had won the Super Bowl under Gruden and he went to Indy and that was the team that he had and you think that he would be a little bit like wow bitter like I didn't have a chance like wow they one year Gruden came in that was my team no and when I did this interview at a, at a country club in his his uh, low, where he lives he gets out of the car, comes over to the van where we were at, and he grabs one of the sticks and grabs some equipment. And I was like, look at this. He's Tony Dungy, man. He's an NFL head coach, you know? So it's like little things. And so I haven't really talked one-on-one with Keith in years. Now, I remember I went to the St. Pete Boxing Gym to get some sound bites when Mike Tyson was back in the news for something. And I interviewed Winky right there. And I remember seeing Jeff Lacey over on a uh, treadmill. And, I, and he was like, we, we must have been there 20 minutes and I don't think he got off. And he was running full speed. Like he's always in great, great shape. But I really didn't talk to him at that time. And I did do that interview when he was a young guy and a kid. But So I've only been seeing him on TV or listening to him on interview shows or podcast and he's loud and he's brash and I was like wow I wonder you know is that the same kid that I knew did he change and that's why I wanted to find out what makes you tick and so when we were sitting down doing this podcast this taping he was very relaxed really almost you know very you know we were reminiscing a little bit but I mean he was he was honest and I was like, wow, it's like a different person. Then when I came back home and I put my little you know, card that I record on into my laptop and I was listening to the whole thing and writing down some sound clips, you know, that we could. And it, it comes across like, wow, different on tape than when you're sitting eye to eye looking at the man. But he's a good dude. And there was a young guy that came into the gym. I never got a chance to see Dan Birmingham because I haven't seen him in a while. I've gone to some local fights and Dan would be there and then we started talking. Uh, but it's, so it's probably been about two years since I actually have spoken to him in person. And But he didn't, he was coming later so I didn't have a chance to see him. But Here's another little example, something little, just to give you the insight behind the scenes of who is Keith Thurman. So we're doing it, and we had to stop because there was a knock on the door. This is in a neighborhood, knock on the door, an older woman, and Keith couldn't have been more polite and reached into a drawer, gave her something and talking and very, very nice and joking around with her. And then, no, no, you can shut that. Thank you. And then close the door. Like, you, you know what I mean? It's like the little things matter. You know, and I I got that respect. I always had it, but I didn't know when you just see him on TV. And like you said, it's a game. It's the fight game, you know, and, and he respects everybody that comes before him in the ring. Now, so then a door opens. Keith and I were doing part two. I had to stop and record it again. And a young guy comes in, a boxer. And he's training there. And he was just real, you know, quiet. And I saw him, he did a shadow box a little bit. And then he make a move like he was going to hit the bag. And he was being very polite because we were recording. We sat right in front of the ring. Right then, it was a heavy bag at my back. And uh, that's how Keith and I did this. And we were all done. And we started talking, you know, winky. 
uh, this Diamond David Santos who's going to be on the podcast. He was an incredible, you know, like a featherweight. He was, uh, I think, he, 48 wins maybe, you know, and but it didn't get recognition. When you're, when, when, you're, when you're the lightweight guys, you just don't get the pub like you do middleweight, welterweight, and then, of course, the heavyweights. You know, everybody likes to see the big guys. And he's uh, works as a diamond expert. You know, he sells diamonds in downtown St. Pete. So I I said, oh, I, I saw Diamond Dave. He goes, oh, you did? He said, yeah, Keith's living right over there right now. So then Keith started telling me something else about his family and blah, 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 blah. And I said, yeah, do you ever see Jeff? Jeff Lacey and I, that's another one. Jeff Left Hook Lacey. Do you remember him? He was, had an incredible left hook. He also had trained starting out under Dan Birmingham in this St. Pete boxing club, this little hole in the wall, you know, in a fairly little rough section of town, you know. And uh, I've always known Jeff, good relationship. He really trusted me in in a certain situation. Oh, it was horrific. No need to get into that now. But I, and then I, Jeff confided in me, about two years ago about something business-wise. I met with him over at Hard Rock. We had a long talk, and I haven't seen him since. And I didn't, I used to see his posts on Facebook all the time. So I said, hey, what about, you ever see Jeff at all? You talk about Jeff? And he goes, and this is Keith Thurman. And this is, we're all done now. We're down taping. And he goes, oh, he goes, I'll tell you what, Jeff, you know, we, we agreed. He was never the same after the Joe Calzaghe loss. You can look it up if you're not a boxing fan. But And he had surgery on his shoulder. And his bread and butter was his left hook. You know? Not like in wrestling, it's called a gimmick. There ain't no gimmicks in boxing. And Keith Thurman goes over. He goes, let me tell you Jeff Lacey. You know, I was young here, coming in here as a kid, when Jeff Lacey was on that run. And he goes, he would come over to this heavy bag and he starts demonstrating hitting the the heavy bag with a left hook. And he said he would put, by the time he was done with that heavy bag, there was an indentation in the bag from Jeff Lacey with the power that he had with the left hook. He, it was unbelievable. And then he also, he goes, he gets in the ring and he goes, let me tell you this. I was young and I was moving around. I was sparring with him. And Jeff Lacey, we know he's a champion at the time. And blah, blah, blah. And he didn't, you know, he didn't like how I was, you know, my defense. And he got me over here on the rope and he held me and pinned me and grabbed the rope and I couldn't get away. And then he started pounding me with the left hook. And I'm like, wasn't that, well, that wasn't nice, nice. He goes, no, it was bullying me, but also it was, a, it was a form of respect from this little skinny kid, you know, with Jeff left hook Lacey. But it was, it just, I'm telling you what, man. Boxers, the guys that do the one-on-one sports that are physical, as all get-out, MMA, even pro wrestling, they, they, they're throwing themselves around, man. They're all, most, the majority, majority, I would say 80%, man, are good, good people. I have so, so much respect for. All right, what else is cooking here? It's been... Uh, Champa, Champa Bay, we've had so much going on. You know, WrestleMania was a two-day event at Raymond James Stadium. And again, we're still, we're not out of it yet. 
you know, we're not out of it yet. So they allowed in, I think, something like 20, 22,000. And then there were storms on that first night. And a lot of the events that you usually have around a WrestleMania, just like a Super Bowl or a fan experience, they weren't doing that this year for the fans because it is, oh my God, wrestling fans are a different breed. I mean, the diehard wrestling fans. And normally where a WrestleMania takes place, you get these wrestling fans, you get these grown men, grown ass men, 40, 50, 60 years old, walking around with belts, replica championship wrestling belts. You get guys dressed like Ric Flair, uh, Macho Camacho. Oh yeah. Let me tell you something, brother. And the Hulkster and I didn't see a lot of that in Tampa. I was in downtown Tampa for something the other day. Uh, I've been in downtown St. Pete now for a couple of days. Now, I know that the wrestlers themselves have been living and training and hanging out in downtown St. Pete because wrestling... Uh, you know, SmackDown, Raw, that's all taking place at, at Tropicana Field. That's where the Rays play. And since the Rays came back, they had to move out. And, um, you know, they've been in St. Pete. But it, it's just different. It's just different. Same thing the Super Bowl. I told you guys on an earlier podcast, I was at Radio Row and the Convention Center all week this year and there was no one there no media none ghost town you know it was so strange but wrestlemania buccaneers winning the super bowl lightning winning the stanley cup rays were in the world series champa bay and now keith thurman hoping to get back on it so look for something in the summer uh for keith thurman but i ho- hope you enjoyed that something else that i think that is it's 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 strange. It's the it's the poor Toronto Blue Jays. Now, if you're not familiar with Dunedin, Florida, Dunedin, Florida is a little town that has a great downtown vibe. Bars, restaurants, live music. They got a little walking trail. You're you can walk right down to the water. It's always beautiful on the water, and it really has exploded in in year in over the past shit last ten years. I mean, twenty years. Oh my god! And so the little ballpark that the Toronto Blue Jays use for spring training was a glorified high school field. Seriously, <laughs> and they put a ton of money in it and renovated and so it's nice but it's still their Florida State League team it's their spring training home and spring training if you talk to major league baseball players and coaches it drags on they don't need that long most hitters will tell you they need x amount of at bats a couple of weeks and then they're good to go pitchers different story you got to start stretching them out they start out using usually in the beginning of spring training throwing just fastballs before they and then they'll start breaking one off and then they're working on things. So I guess baseball spring training you need it for uh, you know mostly the pitchers, but it drags, it drags, and you can't wait to get back to your home or your home in the north and get out to your hometown 
and the Toronto, I mean, even though the field, TD Ballpark, I believe that's what it's called, has been renovated, it really is like they're, they're still in their spring training home. And these games count, regular season games. Now, they're going to go back to Buffalo because, you know, the border you can't cross into Canada, can't come get out, can't get back in. So that's why, like, the Raptors are using Tampa as a home in the NBA. They, the Blue Jays can't get back. And they're going to be playing in Buffalo. Buffalo is a AAA affiliate, and they're redoing that. And so it's going to be, I think the uh, the Blue Jays are in Dunedin until May 24th, I believe. But that's that's a long haul, man. You know, that, that's a long haul. Um, oh, and one last thing. I got to say, I, I, for the life of me, you know, Major League Baseball, NFL, NHL, NBA, just like, uh, you know, boxing, world-class boxing, UFC, it's business. I understand that. It's cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. It's business. How in the hell, as Major League Baseball around the country with their regional networks, with, you know, Sinclair bought the uh, regionals and uh, now it's called Bally's. And I mean, here I am. I have Hulu. You know, I cut the cord from cable a couple of years ago and, you know, did my studying and I decided the Roku, Hulu, let's go Hulu. I was going to go YouTube TV. I know YouTube TV, they increased their rights, but I was, I started that as an, a trial and I said, eh, let me go Hulu. I got Hulu. And it's like, I can't get major, my hometown team baseball games on. I can't get my hometown NHL teams on. That is ridiculous. Now look, I, the next morning, on Facebook Watch, or you can go to their website, I can get, you know, seven, eight minutes of all the plays that really matter. So you can really keep up. But it's still not the same. So now, what do I do? Do I go back to cable? Am I going to go to DirecTV? A, someone that's very close to me works in the front office of the NFL. He told me it's a two two more years. This year and next year the NFL has with DirecTV and then that's it. DirecTV is going to be bye-bye. So do I switch to DirecTV and then in a year and a half, two years, I'm going to have to make another move again? I'm not going to go back to Spectrum because I worked there for 18 years and it was a business decision. They didn't renew me. and So I'm sure as hell not going to give money back to somebody that let me go after 18. You know, you, you, you understand, right? If I go to Spectrum, I can get the games. So now I got to figure, it's ridiculous. My neighbor, he was out working in his yard just before I started taping this podcast. What's up, Juan? What's on? He goes, man, I can't even see the NHL. You know, now he's got, he's got Frontier Cable. He goes, I can't watch the Lightning. He's like, oh, Stamco's hurt again. And he goes, I can't watch the, I, I can't watch the Rays. And I'm like, it's, this is ridiculous. And especially with baseball, you're, you've been losing fans over the years. You know, younger people not watching it. And now, you know, you're, you, you can't watch the, I just, I can't understand it. I, 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 I know it's not one particular entity. It's not the team's really fault. Is it? Is it like Bally's fault in general? Sinclair, this and that. Somebody, you should be able to watch your hometown 
Major League Baseball team on your TV. You should be able to watch your NHL team in your hometown on your TV. Do you not agree with me? Do you not agree with me? All right, I tell you what. I got some good guests coming up. Let me know. Hit me up on social media. What do you like? You know, last week with uh, the five questions for Sebastian Bourdais, it was more me. You know, do you like stories? Do you like that? Do you like guests? I'm trying to bring in some entertaining guests. Now, this one, Keith Thurman, he's he's not boring. And he really was honest, you know? I got a couple of other ones coming up that I think you're going to enjoy. And I ask you, like, share, tell your friends about it. Because this is, I'm in for the long haul. I ain't going anywhere. And you got to start somewhere. And we started And I want to continue to build this bad boy. I appreciate you listening to me. I really, really do. And supporting. And just thanks a lot. Until next week. Drops every Tuesday. Thanks to my guys at RadioInfluence.com. Jason and Jerry. They are the men. They're making me sound good. The idiot that I am. All right. Until next Tuesday. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks. I'll see you. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.